Yes, hello again from the Sustainability Podcast. This is Suraj Bhatia again. I have a very special guest here with me today, uh, Don Young. He's a very experienced portfolio manager, mostly uh, in the loan space, and he has worked with the top shops uh, in in the business. He co-founded uh, a new uh, venture fund, which he'll explain soon, where he manages about fourteen and a half billion in alternative assets. So, welcome, Don. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Suraj. So, Don, uh, if you could just give a little background about yourself. Uh, sure. Um, I've been in the uh, asset management business pretty much my whole career. Um, worked at Octagon. Uh, was a, I ran the performing credit business at Oxif, which was like you know a big hedge fund, um, and both the U.S. and Europe, and then. Um, I started CBAM Partners, which is uh, another alternative asset management firm. About five years, a little, almost a little under five years ago, uh, with a with a couple of partners and co-founders, and uh, we've been able to grow it um, very nicely, both in the U.S. and we recently uh, started a European business as well, based in Paris. Is most of are most of these alternative investments in the loan area, equity area, bond area? Uh, I think it's mostly in loans. We've got um, of our fourteen and a half billion dollars. Uh, there's about eleven billion of U.S. CLOs, about one billion of European CLOs, and then two billion of other stuff um, that are, uh, you know, bonds, equities. Uh, we're, we're we've got a couple of other strategies and separate accounts and fund mandates. Thank you. So I'm most interested in. You know, this entire conversation has, has, has uh, as you know, exploded in the field of ESG and sustainability. And I'm most interested in knowing, uh, first of all, what are you hearing from your investors? Since you're across two continents, what exactly are they saying about this whole topic of ESG sustainability? What do they want you to do? Uh, what are their specific uh, requests? And what are the developments from that point of view? Yeah, um, and it varies pretty dramatically based on geography and based on the type of money that you're managing. So, um, I would say you know the first people were obviously the Scandinavian investors. They were they were early. They were very early on ESG, um, and they've been asking about it for years now, um, and they they take it very seriously. I think the rest of Europe kind of followed that. Uh, I would say our, our Asian investors are starting to care and are asking a fair amount of questions. Um, more in terms of they're they're more in the learning phase than in the implementation phase. Um, and the U, our, our our larger U.S. investors are doing the same. I think we've been. I think we we get probably two or three ESG questionnaires from investors every week. So and that was zero a year ago. So um, it's it's it, it went from being a largely European and especially Scandinavian phenomenon to now it's global. Every every one of our larger investors cares and I think the smaller ones are just figuring out how they're going, what, what their methodology and process is going to be. And within ESG, are they more focused on uh, renewables or are they focused on the S and the G or everything? I think it's everything um, and it depends on who, who you are. Um, obviously, some people weight things, uh, you know, either the E or the S or the G more. Um, but it's been, it, it, it's, it's, 
It's been growing rapidly, the amount of interest, but I think what, what really is going to get things accelerated is if there becomes, there, there has to become a standard for, for, and it has to be a global standard. It can't be, okay, here's how the, here's how Europe looks at it, here's how the US looks at it, because these problems are global. So the, the, the solutions have to be global and they, and they have to be consistent because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. You know, there's always this danger of so-called uh, greenwashing. I went to uh, the inaugural, inaugural conference at the United Nations about two years ago for the Principles for Responsible Banking, which many, which 135 odd banks signed up for. Outside, there was a picketing line, picket line, and they were protesting what they labeled as greenwashing, mainly that institutions, investors, banks are doing things for show but they're not actually doing actual stuff to reduce global warming. Um, the question that I had is, so your investors are asking all these uh, questions. Are they looking to check certain boxes or are they asking you to make specific investments or do spe specific actions? Uh, again, I think it ranges, the range is huge, right? There are, there are some who are checking boxes, to be clear, and that's okay, right? Like at least they are starting to care enough right. to ask questions, but it's clear that whatever your answer is, that'll be sufficient, <laughs> right? And then there are other investors where it's, you know, not only do they care about the answers and their, their desire to invest further with you depends on your answers, but also they would like to kind of steer you in a certain direction which, you know, depending on who you are and what your strategies are, that can be acceptable or not. Um, right. But, but and, and, you know, there are some people who are running these quote unquote impact funds. And that's a that's obviously a very different level of scrutiny and and and, you know, and, and clarity about the strategy than purely than than running your firm with a with a ESG lens on top of everything. Yes, yes. So then what are they specifically now? Are these uh, CLO equity type of investors or are they uh, separately managed accounts? Uh, which ones are, are more vocal in their request to you? Yeah, I'd say it's all of the above. It's more, it's more based on geography and size. In other words, like I said, the European investors, they all care and they all want to know. The, and the large U.S. investors and the large Asian investors. The smaller U.S. investors and the smaller Asian investors are a little bit behind the curve, but they'll get there. I'm, I'm very confident they'll get there. It's just a matter of, um, you know, focus and priority right now. But the yeah. large, but the large ones in, in the U.S., regardless of where they are and the, you know, whether they're equity or debt or triple A's or Mez, it, it doesn't matter. They all care if they're big. So have you done anything from your firm? Have you uh, create, started a policy or started an allocation or, 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 or done anything more in that regard? Yeah, we're, we, we're signatories to the UNPRI. We've, we've, done, um, we've created a, an ESG policy and it's firm-wide, so it's not, it's not you know, a European one versus a US one. It's a global CBAM ESG policy. Um, you know, my, my, my belief is, is that this field is evolving at such a rapid pace that, you know, we, we wanted to, we wanted to 
um, create enough flexibility in our policy to adapt when when right. the as the as the as this world um, starts to embrace certain different types of of, of of adjustments. So, for instance, the there are to me there's no there's no real go-to provider of ratings of ESG ratings right now. Right. And, and obviously there are several people circling around it from the rating agencies to Morningstar to, you know, uh, th there, there's a number of, of obvious candidates to, to, to do ESG ratings. Um, you know, MSCI is doing some, there's some European firms, but none of them are are the you know the the gold standard right where you know whereas whereas in in certain in most other categories you know in the asset management and the financial world there's always this okay there this one company is the go-to right it's if you're getting your credit rated it's Moody's and S&P and Fitch on the side or you know there's there are there are go-to companies in ESG there really isn't one that's emerged as the the de facto uh, person to go with, and until that happens, I think you're going to have a lot of people with policies that are right. incongruous, and that's that's going to make for you know I think it, it'll it'll make things more difficult to be standardized, and I think it'll make um, and also the the regulatory environment in all of these different geographies are still different. The enforcement will be different, um, and and so it's very difficult to get everyone to agree on 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 how it should look therefore creating a policy that's very you know very rigid i think is a mistake at this stage of of esg and sustainability mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm aware of uh, sustainalytics which is owned by morningstar there's uh, there's this small outfit in um, in california um, and then, you know, you've got the rating agency that are trying to uh, also get into the act. You've got JERA, the Japanese rating agency. Everyone's sort of trying to do a little bit, but you're absolutely right. There is no gold standard. Yeah, and I think, I think when one emerges, I think that'll be very helpful. But until then, it's going to be difficult to get. I mean, I think what, you know, what happens with large investors is they can enforce a, a certain amount of you know, of activity by by saying, "Here's the deal. I will give you X amount of investment. However, I need 70% of it to be ESG rating of X or higher." But as of right now, there is no there's no gold standard of, of provider of ratings who, who will give you across a broad swath of the universe right. a, a, a real rating in a timely manner. So, you know, and, and for instance, in our markets, and particularly in the loan and high yield bond markets, you know, the new issue comes so rapidly that there, there's no chance that you would have an ESG rating by the time you would have to buy or, you know, buy, buy, the, buy the new issue. So it's, it's very, you know, and, and as of right now, the biggest providers of the, those kinds of ratings and analytics are only providing 25 to 30% of the universe. So. So if you're a large investor and you want to say you're some global pension fund and you say, okay, I want to give you, here's a billion dollars that I want you to manage with an with a ESG lens on top of it. And you know, here are the things I want excluded. These are the industries I want excluded. And the rating has to be at, you know, across the $1 billion, the rating has to be an average of 7.2. 
you can't do it because there's no one who rates that big of a, you know, that big of a percentage of the of the universe of issuers. So, um, but when that comes, I'm confident that a lot of very large global investors will offer mandates with that kind of um, ESG and sustainability, um, you know, that that kind of um, policy, which I think will be good. Um, but until but but you need to have somebody that's a globally accepted standard standardized rater of things for it to you know, for it to work yeah i know the lsta is also trying to do some some um, um policy guideline type of work i, I understand they're issuing questionnaires to the to the arranger banks to send to their uh, customers but it's yeah. still at that initial stage right yeah, and most of them don't even respond, right? That's the, <laughs> that's the hard part, right? Like, if, yeah. if especially the ones who some of the answers aren't really great answers, right? So they just choose <laughs> not to reply. Um, but over over time, I, I I think it'll just become a, a, such a common part of it that everyone will have to comply. But it's just going to take us a little time, and I think. Um, yeah, but 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 the biggest the biggest thing for me is there has to be a globally standardized you know here's what here's the way it, it is handled and then and then there has to become someone who is the gold standard in terms of providing ratings and when you look at some of the ratings that are out there i mean we look at them all the time when we you know when we come in to discuss a company in our investment committee you know we'll get the esg rating from one of these large providers that and and you know they're they're do we agree with the ratings all the time? No. I mean, it's you know yeah. some of these companies are have governance that's laughable, and you know it, 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 anyway, and and they still get a triple B from one of these large ratings. Yeah. So I I'm not um, put it this way. I'm we've never been one that overly relied on large rating. You know, like it's when we're when we're looking at a credit. We, we take into consideration what Moody's and S&P and Fitch think, but we're doing our own analysis of what we think the credit quality is in, in the same way that we will with ESG, where we, when we, when we talk about a company's, you know, environmental or governance, it, it, we, we're, we're looking at it the way we believe it to be, not based on what one of these rating agencies thinks. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, step by step, I guess. I, the way I see, it, there are three stages for any you know uh, investor or anybody devising a plan. The first is broad-based education. You need to have everybody in the firm understand what ESG is and 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 uh, uh, why it's important and all the rest of it. The second stage is uh, like formulating plans. What you were saying earlier, okay, what percentage of allocation do you want towards ESG and sustainability and renewables? And then the third is execution from the actual backing teams, which will go out and get the deals that meet those specific criteria and then targets and then review of targets. So we have a long way to go, but on the other hand, it's moving very, very rapidly. Yep. And I would say more rapidly than, I mean, if you had asked me two years ago, you know, where I thought we would be on ESG at, 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 in the year 2021, I would have thought we would have been behind where we are today. So I think it's, I think it's, it's picking up pace pretty well. And I think, you know, in terms of, the, you know, you said you started with the education. I don't think there's an investor 
on Wall Street who isn't very keenly focused on this right now. So it's not, I don't, I don't think the education is necessary anymore. I think we're kind of past that phase and we're more into the implementation and, you know, making sure that, that, the, that the policies and the procedures that you're putting in place are, are the right ones. Um, I mean, the, the stat that I just saw, for the last 12 months, if you go, if you, from, from the end of January, 27% of all mutual fund inflows were into ESG funds. So if you're not paying attention to that, you're, you shouldn't, you should find another line of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So uh, I was actually, you know, when I emailed you initially, I was, uh, I was, I was quite uh, pleasantly surprised by your prompt response when you said your investors, uh, particularly starting from Scandinavia, you said, are already, you know, keenly uh, asking about uh, this. So that's a, you know, good step in the right direction. Yeah, like I said, yeah. I, I think if you're, and, and if you look back at the, la at the blow ups of the last year or so, if you, let's leave the pandemic aside, but you know, in, the, in terms of some of the sectors in the, in the markets that have been pretty, pretty badly hurt, you know, if you had had a ESG lens on your investment process, you would have avoided a lot of these problem areas like opioids and, you know, there, there are a lot of things that, there are a lot of, you know, areas that really harmed people's performance that if they had been investing with an ESG policy in place, they would have avoided them and their, and their investment returns would have been meaningfully better. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. It's not never a question of it's no longer a question of sacrificing returns. Right. It's it's a question of expanding and like you said, maybe even credit protection. That's a very interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot uh, uh, for your time, and uh, this was very useful. So uh, again, uh, Suraj Bhatia here with Don Young signing off. Uh, until next time, thank you and namaste. Thanks.